And so I asked her why she was making the decision to start looking for a job as soon as she went back full-time to work. And she shared with me that her manager had made the last four months of her chemo treatment really difficult. It was clear to her that her manager didn't know how to talk to her about the cancer and also that HR had not equipped the manager on how to have this discussion. She wasn't interested in working for an organization that couldn't be brave enough to have those kind of conversations. If you want to make sure that this conversation doesn't happen in your organization, stay tuned. Welcome to 100 Acts of Love, how to help when cancer strikes. Great tips and unique ideas on what you can do to support your friend with cancer. Hello, all my HR peeps. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome to 100 Acts of Love, how to support your employee with cancer beyond paperwork. Now, um, as my HR friends like to tell me, Kim, this is not just about cancer. You can use this for hospitalizations and spouses' cancers and blah, blah, blah. I know, but let's just stick to cancer because I can't put it all in the title. Um, Okay, so I have a question for you all. Do you trust how your manager will handle an employee with cancer? Are you sure that they really understand the intricacies of the conversation that needs to be had so that employee feels supported and wants to come back and work for the company after their cancer diagnosis? I'm betting that most of you are saying no, and that's okay. But there are so many things that I wish that HR professionals would know. In fact, there are five that we are going to go through today that I wish every HR professional would know and share with their managers, a a manager who has an employee with cancer. So I don't know about you, but I make the mistake of forgetting sometimes that I have like all this plethora of knowledge and that not everyone else has it, right? Managers don't understand FMLA. Most managers don't understand ADA. Most managers don't understand leave of absence, right? They don't understand the state laws. They don't understand any of that. They rely on us and the company to kind of set them straight, to give them the information they need so that they can make sure that their employees are being as productive as possible. And um, as an HR professional, you know, we, when we forget this information, we then leave our managers to handle conversations that really they should not be handling without this, without this information. So today I put together five things that I wish all HR professionals would remember and share with their managers of employees with cancer. All right, so let's talk about number one. Number one is managers feel guilty. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story. So my husband had this thing with his vagal, vega vagus nerve, and so he would get nauseous and start to start to vomit. And this is really kind of more information that you need, but just bear with me. And he would pass out. So one night we we had eaten pizza for dinner, and you know we're getting ready for bed. And this this he was he, he had the flu, and so he was he was sitting near the toilet. He was getting ready to pa- he was getting ready to vomit, and he passed out. And some of the pizza stuff came up, and the red sauce got on the carpet that was near the bathroom. And my first thought wasn't, oh my God, my husband just passed out or he might be dead. My first thought was, oh my God, we're going to have to replace the carpet before we move because I'm moving back in with my parents because my husband's dying. So that was my first thought. And it, it was one, you know, quick little millisecond. It wasn't this big, long thought. It was just really like less than a millisecond. But that was my first thought. And that is an absolutely normal thought. So what happens, the reason I'm bringing this up is because your managers may feel really guilty because when their employee comes to them and says, 
I have cancer, your manager's first thought will probably be, oh crap, who's going to manage their team? Who's going to get that work done? It's not, it's usually not going to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And they're going to feel guilty that they had this thought. And that guilt is not a good thing because that guilt kind of breeds fear and anxiety. And they're going to wondering, like they're going to be wondering if they're good people. They're going to feel really bad about that. So, you know, HR can help the manager understand that their reaction is perfectly normal. And it's not a judgment of how human, like how good a human being they are. It's just where our brains go. Our brains go to, to protection mode first. And sometimes that protection mode comes out as crap, I'm going to have to replace the carpet before the house gets sold, right? So that's the first thing that you can help your manager do that. You can help your manager normalize these feelings. And it also, you know, it you can also help your manager when they have these feelings is to broaden their diet, what, what a cancer diagnosis means. Because if you listen to, I believe it's like episode number 12, or 11 or 12, or maybe 13, I cover four myths that HR people believe about cancer. And one of the biggest myths is that once there's a cancer diagnosis, you can't work. And that is so not true. It depends on the type of cancer, the stage of the cancer, you know, the type of treatment that's being given. There's so many variables on whether your employee with cancer can work. And so you can help your manager broaden their broaden what it means to have a cancer diagnosis and to start to think about what are the kind of questions I need to ask this employee so I can understand as a manager how I can manage their being out or not or working part-time and also the team's morale. Um, so, you know, that is, that is a really great thing that I wish managers, all managers, all HR professionals would do. All right. Number two, managers need to know the laws just as well as we do. Now, I know that there's a ton of managers and really you think, well, they don't really need to know the, the laws, but they need to know at least to tell the employee to go to, to HR. Because I was speaking to a woman and she was telling me how her manager kept saying, you need to take FMLA, you need to take FMLA. Her manager bought it up so much that she finally had to correct her manager and say, I cannot take FMLA because I haven't been working for the company long enough, right? She hadn't been working her 1,250, she hadn't worked her 1,250 hours yet. Her manager didn't know that. In addition, her manager wasn't even considering all the other things that comes, comes up for people with cancer, Right. Can I afford to take FMLA? Because it's most FMLA, unless your company has a different policy, is unpaid. That's, you know, unless there's state disability. That's, a, that's another question. The other thing that we often forget is we all get our sense of being, part of our sense of being from being at work. And so an employee wants to work through this, through this cancer because the idea that they're not giving to society in some shape or form is really terrifying for them. So if they can work, they will want to work. And that's something that also that your manager needs to know. And that, you know, that's this woman, her persistent, this manager kept persistently insisting on this. And it really, it really highlighted how deeply uncomfortable her manager was with her cancer. And it also highlighted to her how HR hadn't prepared this manager to even have these kind of conversations. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't go well. And the reality is this person is now thinking about leaving the company and she's a manager. She's got a team of 20 people and there's no immediate successor. So if she decides to leave the company after her cancer diagnosis, the company has just lost out on a lot of productivity and a lot of revenue. So just kind of keep that in mind, right? This is not all la, 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 feel good stuff. This is also about the company's bottom line. 
A well-intentioned but uneducated manager can really hurt companies' revenue. All right, number three, employees want their managers or HR to show them how they can help their teammate, but they are waiting for us to lead. And that is so important. I talked to this guy, John. This is what he said. He said, we're a bunch of typical engineers. We don't know, we, we didn't know what to do or how to help Anthony, which is not this guy's real name, when he had cancer. And then he ended up dying a few months after he was supposed to come back. It really hurt the team. And I still feel really bad that I didn't know how to help. And I had no idea what the company did for him. I'm assuming they did something, but I just wish that HR or our manager had told us how we could be helpful. And I know that you're thinking, like, hey, it's not just our responsibility. And that's true. It's not just HR's responsibility. But this is one of these areas where we have the ability to make a huge impact, right? To be of service to our employees. And that is showing them how to support their employee with cancer because they don't know how to do it. And they feel bad that they don't know how to do it. They feel like they missed some class or something. So, you know, your employees want to support their fellow coworker dealing with cancer, but they just don't know how. And they're looking to us to do it. So if you can educate your manager on some really basic things that their team can do, or if they, if, if you can educate your manager and say, hey, we're going to have a conversation with HR to talk about how we can support this employee who we adore with cancer, then that is a great gift because you are, you are really affecting employee engagement, employee productivity, and you know how the employee feels about your organization or this organization. Um, number four is a work plan calms fears for both the employee and their manager. So a work plan is a document that basically says it's kind of like, it's like setting goals. It's just readjusting the goals, right? So let's say that the employee knows that they are going to be getting this kind of chemo that really they're probably only going to be able to put 20 hours a week of work in. So a work plan talks about those 20 hours. A work plan sets expectations of what the employee needs to be doing. A work plan sets, sets, lets the manager know what the employee can handle. A work plan also divides out, also talks about who can take on the other pieces of the job so that the other employees know. So a work plan is really, really, really important because it sets, that's the total 100% foundation of that relationship with between the employee and the manager. And so work plans really calm the fears and the anxieties of both the employee and the manager because the employee is thinking, crap, I really want to do a good job, right? Most employees want to do a good job. At least I believe that. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of body of evidence of, of studies and evidence out there that also prove that. So you have an employee who has cancer and their concern, believe it or not, is not only going to be for their health, but it's going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't do my job. And now my teammates are going to have to do stuff, you know, do stuff. And I feel really bad about them. I don't want them to have to have that responsibility. So your employee is thinking that the manager, of course, as you know, is thinking, oh crap, how am I going to meet my goals and get this? this stuff done when my team is already maxed out, right? They're already doing everything they can do. And now we have to take on this extra work. So everyone is kind of freaking out. 
And the best thing you can do is to offer a work plan, to sit down with your manager, teach them how to, how to walk through a work plan, or sit down with the manager and the employee and go over that work plan and, and build a work plan so that everyone leaves that room or that Zoom meeting because it's 2020 and we're in the middle of Corona hell. Um, so everyone leaves that Zoom meeting feeling like they understand the expectations. And that is just, it's such a gift. It's such a huge, huge gift. So, oh, you know what? I forgot this number four. I was ready to end. Number five, returning to work doesn't always mean returning at 100%. So let's say you have an employee who has been out or is working part-time and is now starting to come back full-time. You know, for again, depending on the cancer, depending on the type of treatment, radiation, chemo, immunotherapy, you know, there's a ton of treatments out there. Their energy level may be fantastic and they may be ready to hit the ground or it may take them a long time to get back up to speed. You know, for my husband, he had um, a lot of side effects from the chemo that he was had been taking. One of them was neuropathy, which was the numbing of his feet and his hands. So holding a pen for a long period of time was actually a challenge for him. And he was, he was working for a school. So, you know, he had a lot of writing to do and it was, it was hard for him at first. So he couldn't come back full time. He had wanted to, and he came back at first 20 hours a week and he was exhausted at the end of the day. Now that might be the case for one of your employees, or you may have an employee who um, has actually worked 30 hours throughout their whole treatment, has had no problem and is able to come back to work, you know, might need a few, might, might need, might not be able to come back at 40 hours, but 40 hours within, you know, a couple weeks. So understanding and making a plan, again, a work plan for the return of going back to work is really important because just because they're done with cancer, just because their body has has fought off this terrible, terrible disease doesn't mean that it's back to normal yet. You need to give the body, their body, time to heal and to get back and to get back to into the groove of things. So, um, yeah, so that's it. So returning to work doesn't always mean returning to work full time. So those are the five things that I wish all HR professionals would share with their managers. Managers feel guilty. Managers do not know what the laws are. Uh, you know, employees want their manager and HR to guide them and how to support their fellow employee with cancer. A work plan alleviates fears. That's number four. And number five is returning to work doesn't always mean returning to work at 100% capacity. And I also could have added 10 more things to this list here. But right now, I think that these are the five most important things that I want every HR professional to know. Look, we're on the front lines. You know, as HR professionals, it's really difficult because we are expected to either have the information at hand, um, be a resource, and uh, guess what people need. A lot of the times, our job is about guessing what people need. Um, and organizations expect us to have those answers. Um, and, you know, when it comes to cancer, many HR professionals don't have those, those responses. And that's why I'm here, to help you. So please don't feel bad about not knowing. There is so much to know about how to help an employee through any kind of crisis. And just now you, know, now you have these five little tools that you can put in your toolkit so that you can help and a manager at any level of your organization be a better manager to their employee. 
All right, well, that is it. Please don't forget to subscribe. If you liked what I said here, also leave a review. It's so helpful to help other people find this podcast. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms, especially on LinkedIn at 100 Acts of Love. I'm so grateful that you joined me here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out to be here. I appreciate you so very much. And remember, you matter. Take care.